0: This producer-turned-rapper-turned-entrepreneur recently placed fourth on the Forbes list of wealthiest hip-hop artists uh, for his billion-dollar sneaker empire. He also has a child whose name is a direction.
1: Ew. Kanye West. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, cool. We talk about black excellence. That is not what I want to hear.
0: Hi. Hey, y'all. Thanks for waiting for us and for listening to the first episode of the second season. Second
1: season. We're back in here like we never <laughs> left.
0: That's a nice song. Yeah.
1: And this is Shayna, by the way. But y'all know that already.
0: Hey, and I'm JJ.
1: Um, So we took a little summer break. It's been a good summer. I mean, it's still happening, but um, I feel like it was nice to like turn my brain off from awareness for a month cuz <laughs> that that does get tiring mm-hmm. but uh you know the world's crumbling very quickly so we <laughs> had to come back and make sure that we keep y'all informed we stay informed cuz like knowledge really is power
0: yes it is
1: <laughs> yeah wake up <laughs> are you with us
0: i think so i you know i have to get my brain back into like podcasting mode yeah. Um man, pre- uh just preparing for the show is like do I know how to create an outline? I know. Like do I know how to like research still? <laughs> um but I'm here, we're here and we're excited to bring you another episode of Yo Business.
1: Yes. All right, let's dive in. Yo Business. Yeah.
0: So I think what's top of mind for a lot of people right now um is gun reform um in light of the recent uh, back to back shootings that um that have happened,
1: which is like almost three hundred for this country. It's insane. and we're only in August. Only in August. And there's countries who haven't had shootings, mass shootings ever.
0: Yeah, I think like the next the the next country below us in in terms of mass shootings only had like three this year.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was probably like <laughs> like Europe or like yeah, yeah. it's
0: crazy. So there were two back-to-back shootings in El Paso and Dayton, uh, one on the 3rd and then uh, another less than 24 hours later on the 4th this week. Um, In El Paso, um, a lone gunman killed uh, 22 people.
1: A white supremacist. A white
0: supremacist uh, killed 22 people and injured 24 others. And then in Dayton, um, 10 people were killed. Um, including the shooter and 27 others were injured. Both of these people were um, young white men. Um, and- I'm
1: surprised. Why? What happened where the Dayton one was killed? Because I feel like they usually, like Dylan Roof, is still alive.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how he, how that ended up happening. Um, but. What's bizarre to me, not even bizarre because it's it's America, but you know, just this morning, there was another attempted shooting at an, another Walmart in Springfield, which I think is Illinois, um, where this guy approached the Walmart in body armor. <laughs> like what is happening like with Walmart? But they um, they the police were able to apprehend him um, before he did anything. So you know, this is obviously ignited like a conversation, as it always does, about gun reform and what we can do. And, you know, the Democrats have the majority in the House of representatives right now, but the Senate um, is dominated by Republicans, as we know. And that is the main reason why we can't get moving on any gun reform. And so I just feel like if not government, then businesses that make guns, that sell guns, that fund guns. I.e. Walmart. <laughs> I.e. Walmart. And places where these shooters congregate um, need to um, take responsibility. You know, uh, And you know, I think it, a lot of this responsibility falls squarely on the business community to protect the public, to protect their patrons in light of Senate Republicans not being able to um, uh, swallow uh, the idea of losing funding from the NRA <laughs> in order to support some kind of legislation, and then speaking of Walmart, you know, um, they still have not spoken a word about stopping sales of rifles and shotguns. I mean, I don't know. I don't think that the shoot, the apostle shooter, purchased the gun at Walmart, but still, this happened in your store um,
1: multiple times.
0: People have other people have been killed in Walmart. Right, um, and um, I wonder
1: what that is. I don't know. It's cuz like they're not even going to like i don't i don't know it just seems like if you wanted crowds is walmart it?
0: I mean, I know, you know, the, the Walmart that's near my house where I grew up is definitely like always a lot place. of people it's and stuff. It's always lit. So. Um oh yeah, and then Walmart also told employees uh <laughs> After the shooting, to hide all the sign, all the signage and advertisements for a violent video. Yeah,
1: cause because that's the problem. Because
0: that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, again, good.
1: Woo! <laughs> Glad we can, did that.
0: We can, we can yeah. uh, breathe the aside. We, sigh of we did. Now. This
1: is our gun control.
0: Um. So yeah, and you know, I, I and when I think about like actions that businesses have taken after um, these types of shootings. I remember after the Parkland shooting, which, you know, where the victims were mostly these young white teens, um, a lot of companies and corporations, um, like, immediately came out in, you know, response and, you know, like, Bank of America and BlackRock stopped funding gun manufacturers, dick Sporting Goods, like, ended sales of assault rifles, you know, a slew of other um, companies, like, made changes, um, and so, I'm just wondering, like, where all that is now, like, where's the disgust and outrage from the business community today in response to this massacre of, um, people in a Latino community? Um, and, I don't know, i I just see like a. I see a lot of responsibility and actions that could be taken and that are not being taken in this case.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard for me because at this point I don't know what because I read that like both of these guns were obtained legally, hmm. so it's not like my thought is like they went about it the right way, quote unquote. So of course that makes us want to look at gun reform and gun control. But then when I think about people who are going to massacre people, aren't necessarily fully interested in following the law. Mm-hmm. So like, even if we make the laws harder, it's not going to get rid of the guns and it's not going to get rid of the access. And so I am always like, not that we shouldn't be doing anything, but I just like, don't know what the right answer is. Right. Cause these are just human. Like these guns aren't shooting themselves off. These are humans. And so I feel like the issue is It's fully about the guns, but to take a step back, it's also about, like, specifically race tension in this country and, like, the privilege and the authority given to whiteness, which is why we're having this and which is why guns are an issue, right? Like, if guns were for hunting and protecting you from intruders, then we'd be in a different – we'd be talking about a different scenario.
0: Yeah, I don't think um I don't think every like shooting like mass shooting is race based what, what we're seeing now like recently obviously right. is but I think I think it it doesn't have to be like a it can be like a smattering of solutions that ultimately come together to like curb like the access the accessibility of guns right so it doesn't so even if like there's even if Laws are created to make it harder to get access to, like, a AK-47.
1: Which, like, no one needs, by like, the way. Which
0: no one needs. I don't think it will, like, automatically solve the problem, but it will make a dent, you know? And so then the next step, you know, could be, okay, well, then stricter background checks, you know? So th- there are some places where you can, like, you can go to some gun shows and, like, not even show ID, you know? Which
1: is and nuts, because like, uh... when I tried to buy pepper spray, they wanted to know, like, my full address, Really? I'm like, I just like, in case I get mugged, I want pepper spray. Did you buy it here in New York? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I did. No, because it was so much trouble. So I bought it in Pittsburgh and brought it on the plane with me. But Wow. TSA was too busy checking my hair to recognize that <laughs> I had pepper spray in my damn bag. Um, So yeah, I mean, what a heavy way to start. Sorry. <laughs> but I think it's, I mean, it's important. It's definitely not something that we can gloss over and it's like the next thing i have isn't great either yeah um so recently there was a lot of there was a a big ice roundup in mississippi um it was all workers at a i don't know how you say it cock uh (laughs) k-o-c-h well
0: you know there's the Koch brothers but then there's like ed koch
1: oh koch maybe so i don't know Koch foods. Uh, so I
0: think they I think they pronounce it differently. Oh, than the person. Is. Um,
1: which is like a chicken factory, uh-huh. and they supply <laughs> chicken for Burger King and Kroger. And so they, it was the first day of school in that community. They went and rounded up all of the parents, so then none of the kids were able to be picked up. Mm. Thankfully, like strangers who had a heart brought them food and stuff at the school but and they like slept in the gym and had zero idea where their parents were and the craziest part to me is like the this company had already been sued for hiring undocumented workers Mm. and so it's like they didn't go after them never and they probably never will and that's the crazy part to me is like if if we're so strict on law a big law was broken mm-hmm. when they hired all these undocumented workers. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, and they were all, they've were they also been, like, sued for sexual harassment and, like, workforce discrimination. Like, they, it's just an awful company in general. Yeah. But they seem to be fine.
0: Well, I mean, that's just, like, Trump. He's advocating for, like, you know, a wall and all this BS. But he also... Has had undocumented, plenty of undocumented Tons. workers at Mar-a-Lago. Tons. And Trump Tower, so,
1: And I just like also feel like it's so funny for him to be so anti-Mexican um, specifically because you know his housekeepers aren't white. Right. It's like, so who's going to clean your house then? Melania. Right. She's not even there. We haven't even seen her for I haven't seen her for a long time. She doesn't even live there anymore. I think anymore. she
0: went with him to um to the hospital in El Paso. Ugh. And,
1: I didn't You know, they even. they
0: specifically like there were people in the hospital who, who had been injured who didn't want to see him. Duh. And of course after he, you know, told the press how everybody loved him in the hospital.
1: But with the ICE roundups, I feel like whenever these things happen, I, you know, I always feel so powerless, like there's nothing I can do to help. But um, I did find uh, Instagram post that was giving a, like three or four organizations that are offering legal aid. Mm. So uh, we'll put those in the show notes because I do feel like it and it doesn't feel great to just like donate $30 and then go on with your life. But I do think that it's a small way that we can help. Yeah. Um and then on the heels of the shooting and the roundup, Amnesty International issued a travel advisory for the US. Which is like to me should be so eye-opening, right? Like you we look mm-hmm. at when I go when I travel, I look at Amnesty International to see is this safe for women to travel here? Oh. Is it safe for people of color to travel here, right? right. For like quote-unquote developing countries so it's like people in other countries are looking up if it's safe to travel here and amnesty international is saying no wow they said i did
0: not know that yes
1: they said depending on the traveler's gender identity (gasps) race country of origin ethnic background or sexual orientation they may be at a higher risk of being targeted with gun violence and should plan accordingly oh my god we we're it (laughs) i feel like we're like
0: i mean you know Our policies have been a danger to the world for a long time. It's
2: crazy.
0: (laughs) It's about time that it was. But to like see that, like
2: I
1: checked that. I like when I went to Morocco, I just like checked that to see like what it's like for women, what shots I needed, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's. And now they're like, look, if you go to the U.S. as anything other than a white man,
0: I mean, I've thought about that recently, like especially after the shootings. What are other countries? thinking about us you know like is it just like well the u.s has just gone off the rails now mm-hmm. there's no going back you know
1: i'm sure i mean i can't i i don't know um so yeah i just thought that was a that w- that felt very sobering to me yeah. as somebody that lives in this country
0: well you know maybe soon it'll turn around We How? have the 2020
1: campaign yeah out. maybe joe will get in Tell, tell, talk to me before we hop into this next political part. Talk to me about what you sent me about what Joe Biden did, because that.
0: So Joe Biden was on the trail. He was speaking um, about education um, at uh, a town hall. Hosted by the Asian and Latino Coalition in Des Moines. And he said, Of
1: course, he was. He
0: said, We should challenge students in these schools. We have this notion that somehow, if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Yep. Then he paused and added, Wealthy kids, black kids, Uh, Asian kids.
2: You didn't mean black kids, you old fuck.
1: I hate that so much but it also is like thank you for being old too old right (laughs) (laughs) what do you think his political strategist specifically simone sanders like what is happening i feel like she's like back she must be backstage like i
2: i just wrote it down for you
1: joe read what's on the card joe it's like did you hire me for nothing I wrote it down. Read what's on the card.
0: I didn't hire you to write. I hired you to to be a black.
1: (laughs) I hired you to be black in the background.
0: Yeah. So, you know, speaking of the the rest of the Democratic field, um, your girl Liz.
1: Not uh, my girl. (laughs) I never met her.
0: She's actually like, you know, I said this last episode, I think, last season. um, But she is really um, putting out proposals that affect um, lower-income communities and would do a lot to um, improve access uh, um, and um, and their economic uh, situations. Um, And And, I'm I'm really, like, feeling it. Yeah,
1: and I read an article this morning uh, on CNN Business or Money or whatever it's called that even, like, some wealthy hedge... white male wealthy hedge fund head people are leaning towards her, even though she's like proposing tax cuts and they don't like that, but she's very like plans to be very hard on China and like all of this tariff foreign Mm. war. And so they enjoy that part of her. And so I I do think she's like, she's almost like casting out wide enough net that everyone can grab on to like Mm -hmm. good ideas. But I also feel like that's dangerous because Mm -hmm. I do. I I feel like I've heard a lot of people say that with Trump, right? Like they they really liked his tax thing or his finance thing or whatever, and like ignoring all these other things. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of like worries me when it seems like you're like putting out just like enough handles that like everyone can hang on to one of them.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I see what you mean, but to me, like a lot of her proposals have been like straight up, like like, left of the left, you know, like, this, so this latest thing, um, is that she wants to offer free broadband internet, um, so, uh, she would offer grants as president that would cover 90% of installing broadband and, uh, um, and 100% um, of the internet broadband on native lands, and they'd only be available to nonprofits, government agencies, and rural utility cooperatives, so, like, you know, your Verizon and AT&T would not qualify for like you know these uh um these grants to cover uh installing internet.
1: I do like like even reading about her tax proposals, she really typically from what I've seen ties it back to trying to close the gap of wealth inequality. Mm-hmm. So it's like she seems to at least recognize that like we need to not forget that that's that's why we need this because mm-hmm. rich people are like it's unfair. This is not a socialist society, I'm but fine. like you'll be fine. But and you'll be fine. <laughs> and this is why we need to do it because these things are a reality. Yeah. So I do enjoy that part about her. She's not my girl yet, but I do feel like she's yeah. She seems to be a sharp one.
0: Kamala also said she uh, wants to help close the wealth gap among Black Americans by proposing a seventy-four billion dollar uh fund or grant for black HBCUs and businesses. Hmm. I guess I guess black HBCUs. um a, a double a, a double <laughs> uh redundant a bit redundant. So yeah, for HBCUs and for um black owned businesses. Hmm. Um so I yeah, there's some good, you know, things we'll see coming out. Um f- uh, from the candidates.
1: Did you know that August is National Black Business Month?
0: I did know that.
1: Yeah. I just, like, read that. That should have been the fact for today, I actually. should um, Yeah, I was just thinking that when you said for black businesses. Mm. So, and apparently it's, like, been a thing since 2004. I wonder, I wonder
0: if Kamala launched it in honor of the month.
1: Oh, maybe. Because I feel like she did something about uh, maternal health during, like, Black Women's Health Month.
0: Oh, oh I forgot she was a Howard alum.
1: So, this week we lost such an icon. I it's so Toni Morrison is my favorite author. I feel like you and I have talked about her a lot. Like a couple, maybe a month ago, I like played Hookie from work to go see her documentary. Like I'm just like very, um, and it's it's more recent than I feel like a lot of Black people because I just didn't read a lot of Black authors growing up. So I feel like as I get older, I'm just like, you know, choosing my reading very carefully. Um, And last year, I started reading only black female authors. And so pretty much every other book was one from her. Um, So she she passed this week at 88. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was such a beautiful time on social media specifically of just everyone saying like how much – their their lives have been changed by her. And, um, you know, seeing the documentary was so inspiring because she didn't publish her first book until she was 40.
0: I still have to watch that.
1: Like, we all have time, and she...
0: Which is super inspiring for yes, me.
1: Yes, <laughs> and she also just, like walked the path right mm-hmm. like she she didn't like wake up one day and she was a nobel prize winning author she like was an editor and she just like had some kids and she got married and it didn't work and was like she a
0: book editor
1: but mm-hmm. at random house Oh wow. um and but then in when she was doing that she like found other black voices who she could lift up until she had put her thing out mm-hmm. right and so like she i feel like it's just a reminder that like uh, you know what Hav talked about in his episode last season about like micro progressions mm-hmm. and how like we don't feel like that's the big thing, but like she just like hired a black copy editor and then she like found a black author and like she just kept like creating this uh environment, yeah. and then she came out with Blueest Eye, and I feel like while obviously it's devastating that she's gone, I'm just like so thankful that we have her language now and forever. Yeah. And um, there's a clip that's been going around. They showed it in the documentary about a white journalist who asked her, like, when are you going to start putting white characters in your stories? And she's like, I've had I've had white characters in my stories. And she's like, no, as the focus. And she said to the journalist, she said, you don't understand how racist that question is. She said, I never asked Tolstoy to write for me. Wow. Tolstoy wrote about what he knew. I feel like it it was a reminder to like all of us but specifically to those of us who are writers mm-hmm. that like it is our responsibility to tell stories and we are doing ourselves and the world a great disservice if we don't um so yeah it just was like you know Why sad you that at she's me like not that here when you say that? but looking at both of us <laughs> i haven't written in a year yeah so it's just like it it would be it's like waking up and like not doing human things right Mm -hmm. like we are this is like why we are here yeah um so yeah
0: but we're also telling stories you know
1: we are but we're writers yeah and for me i know that like i'm supposed to be writing i Mm -hmm. think this is like a great segue back into it but like that is what i'm supposed to be doing speaking of writing Yeah, you had a big piece come out this week. I did
0: on Monday. um, I had a cover story go out for Fast Company, which was about um, tech entrepreneurship in Atlanta, and I guess you know. So in the in the piece, we highlight um, not just um, you know the people in Atlanta who have built it to to what it is now as far as like startup and tech culture. Um folks like Jewel Burke Solomon, um, who um started a company called Part Pick and sold it to Amazon, who still works in who still lives in Atlanta. There's also Paul Judge, um who uh you might have seen on Real Housewives of Atlanta, who's Mm -hmm. also Tanya's Tanya's husband's fiance. (laughs) Um so there's folks like that, a lot of folks. I did, like, 50 or 60 interviews for this piece. Um, but then there also, uh, because there are people leaving Silicon Valley on the West Coast to come to ATL, um, we highlighted Tristan Walker, who's been on the podcast. Um, and, you know, Tristan um, kind of came up in Silicon Valley, got a lot of funding from these um Tech VCs to start uh, Bevel, which is a health and beauty product, um, and I just say that the the story was like was over. It received overwhelmingly like good feedback, and like you know, a lot of folks told me that I represented their city well, and that it was inspiring to them, like a, a lot of young people in Atlanta. But I also have to say that <laughs> there was some negative reaction too,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, because. Tristan was the cover. Mm.
1: Um, Why? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Ask me. Why? <laughs>
0: um, because Tristan is very good with media.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I will say that. Um, and Tristan it has been covered a lot by a lot of people, including me. Um, and a lot of people felt like if, if we were going to go to Atlanta and write about the Atlanta startup scene, then... Tristan, a two week transplant you know should not have been the cover. My response to a lot of people was that I don't make the cover decisions okay, <laughs> and I don't you know and and so I understood their frustrations, mm-hmm. but what was frustrating to me, and I guess it I guess it helped me to see like the other side of like when people pile on on Twitter mm-hmm. you know um. Because there were people who had not even read the story. Like, I, I put, like, a lot of work into this story. And, mm-hmm. like, I talked to a lot of people. And, like, Tristan really kind of bookends the piece, you know? So you kind of enter the piece with him, and then we drop him off. And then you go meet Paul and Jewel and, you know, the um, the uh, Ryan and TK, the founder of the Gathering Spot, and all these people. And then we're back in Tristan's backyard, and then the story ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Um, but the story is about like you know the the importance of like ownership and like how this how all these like white owned tech companies are moving into Atlanta and you know questioning whether or not they are or will invest in the city as well mm-hmm. so there was a young black ceo who um who um reached out to me and he actually called and we talked, we had a very long conversation, like a 45 minute long conversation about like community and like, you know, everybody in, in the black tech ecosystem, like having a role, you Mm -hmm. know, and having, um, in a sense, having each other's back. Right. And, and kind of how until we own more of the media platforms, like we, you know, we can't get mad about, you know, a cover decision, you know? Um, So I don't know. Well,
1: I think we can get mad at it. it, We can get
0: mad, but but not at the detriment of, like, the overall, like, prosperity of all of us, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, again, like there were people in that story who did deserve to get shouted out, you know, before. What I said to this this CEO is that, you know, it would have been nice if people commented first on the content, you know, or or the content and the cover, mm-hmm. as opposed to the cover without even. Re- there were people who like very smart people who just didn't even read the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, <laughs> it got a lot of re- a lot of good reception, and um, you know, I, one of the places I wrote about was the Gathering Spot, uh, which we've talked about on here before mm-hmm. with um with the 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 co-founders of um homage. Homage. Not homage. <laughs> um um uh, and uh the Gathering Spot is like this, you know, this private membership uh in Atlanta, like a kind of a workspace. They got podcast studios and all that and an event space and they had a panel there um based on a lot of the what we were saying in the story. And so a lot a lot of people who are featured in the store are like like, came together and, like, invited, like, black entrepreneurs and creators oh, that's to, cool. to, the, to the event. And they po- were sh- posting on, on social media. And that was really cool. And it was kind of a reminder, like, okay. It's okay. This is, like, this is why I do this. Yeah. Like, you know? Like, Tristan was on stage with, you know, a lot of other people, you know, in the story. And um, don't know the content of the panels, but I, I hear that it was very good. And, um... So, yeah, I guess this is, like, a part, like, shameless self-promotion for the story, mm-hmm. but also a part, like, you know, if you, um, I think, you know, we did a good job talking about, like, community and the importance of ownership in the face of, you know, gentrification, in the face of inequity, um, you know, how can we go about owning more of um, the culture that we put out into the world, which is what this podcast is about.
1: Well, congrats. I feel like with every, you know, nothing's going to be perfect and we're never going to please everyone. And, like, that is the beauty, in my opinion, of, like, interpretation and intellectual conversation is that, like, if we all have the same ideas, it would be boring. So, totally. um, but you worked super hard and the story is out in the world. And I think that deserves a hand clap regardless of you know, what happened after. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So we decided (laughs) since it was our very first episode of season two, that we wanted it to be just us. Mm -hmm. So we pushed our guests to next week. Mm -hmm. We have awesome guests coming up. But this week we wanted to take the L, the learned from LLC and kind of just like make that its own part. So Our next segment will be our learned, where I feel like we both just have like two very like logistical things that we learned over the summer that we want to pass along. Yep. Um. So mine is Easy Pay Metro Card. Have you heard of this? I haven't. Girl, <laughs> hold on to your panties. It's it it is life changing after living in this city for six okay, years. Tell me about it. So, MTA, you go on Easy Pay metro card or let me see the website because that's what the card is called Mm -hmm. um we'll put the link so you go yeah it's like new.mta forward slash easy pay so you get this card in the mail you hook up your debit card to a metro card Mm -hmm. you get a card in the mail it's gold number one which is tray chic and you can put whether you want it to like refill a
0: card, like an amex
1: like a gold metro card okay yeah <laughs> not like a debit so, it doesn't
0: clang when you no, drop it on the table no
1: when okay. you when you're a white woman and you throw it at yeah. people. um so you yeah and you decide whether you want it to renew monthly or you want it to renew once it hits below a certain amount okay but what it means is that you never have to stand in line to refill your card.
0: Or try to make the train, and then you swipe. And it says and insufficient funds. Fa-
1: it will That will never happen. Oh. And the awesome part of it, to me, is that you also register it. So if you ever lose it, you have a card number. You go on there and, like, shut it down so no one else can use it, and they'll send you a new okay. card. I'm
0: signing up for that. Yes. Today.
1: It has changed because every Monday I'm, like, Oh, missing the train because mm-hmm. the line is out the subway station or the machines aren't working, and the people mm-hmm. in those booths do not want to speak to you or help you. Mm-hmm. And so this just means that will never have to happen. I love it. So easy pay Metro card. <laughs> I am so someone who has lived in New York for like fifteen years told me about it. like, very nonchalantly and i was just like what like why doesn't why isn't this everywhere why doesn't everybody know i like it yeah
0: thanks for that piece of advice you're welcome
1: what'd you learn so
0: i learned about so i guess i want to capture this all into like something called like work automate work automation so i am going to start like doing better about making technology work for me so g and i heard about this a while ago but i had yet to use it so gmail has a new feature where you can send an email but like schedule it
1: i do it all the time i love it how did,
0: did how did you know about it
1: uh my friend erica who i really want on the show Told me about it because wow. she is the most efficient. Uh-huh. She like is the person that has told me about every play I've gotten. Like she just knows everything, uh-huh. um, and she's the most efficient person ever that so I've ever met.
0: I, f- I used it for the first time last night, and I j- uh, there was still kind of some anxiety for me about like whether it would really send mm-hmm. or something. But, but like, like, this does. morning, the person like responded. Yes, and was like yeah, got it. You yeah. know Um, And I
1: like it for hard emails, too. Like, when I'm sending, like, an email, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to send. Sometimes it's just nice to be like, send it at 9 a.m., I'm going to bed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I I love that. Um, It was super helpful, and it made me feel like... Because there are times when, not only just a hard email, but just stuff that you put off, and, like, you... It might be, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm working super late, and so I don't want to send an email. No,
1: I need my sleep. (laughs) I sleep.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you're like, What
1: are you doing? Yeah, now? I'm like, when do you sleep?
0: Um so sometimes it's like three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, Oh, I need to reach out to that person, but I don't want to send an email at three. One, o'clock. they're gonna look at me like I'm crazy. Right. Or two, it's gonna get lost. Especially yeah. if like if it's like a, a Sunday night or uh-huh. something, it's gonna get lost in the deluge of like all the other stuff. And so I just you just put it off and then forget it. will send, send Monday. It. Yeah. Um so I, I I love that feature, but Broadly, it made me think about like all these other ways that we can like start automating a lot of our stuff um because I feel like work has gotten just more and more like noisy mm-hmm. and all these digital signals and um and things you know for you to read and check and notifications and you know there's slack and all this kind of stuff um so it made me want to look further into. Um, how I can start connecting more of my services and like, and just doing things in advance so like things take less taps mm-hmm. or like less you know
1: yeah clicks. Or I mean, whatever. if the robots are gonna take over, we <laughs> might as well use them while we can. Is my thing.
0: Yeah, there's something called the Launch Center app, which you can like, you can create like a button on your on your phone screen that will say like instead of going to finding your contact and like going. And saying, send Shayna a message and all mm-hmm. that. There's just a button I can press on my screen that's, send Shayna a message. It's like, text Shayna.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Your brain. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, it was like cutting out, like, all these steps. You know, like, if you, like, you and Philip and my mom. Uh-huh. Right, I can create
1: uh, buttons, you know. I'm like, on that list? Of course. With your <laughs> boyfriend and your mom? I've
0: made it. You're so silly. Um... So, yeah, like, stuff like that. I just want to, like, start looking more into because...
1: Efficiencies. Yes. Yeah.
0: Because we should, like... I feel like the answer to, like, work changing is not that, okay, just try to keep up. Yeah, no. It's that we should also like create things to work for us. As yeah.
1: Well. And time's running out. It's the end of the day. So <laughs> you like, <laughs> so you like, don't have, literally don't have it to right. <laughs> Moving uh, on. All right. And then we'll finish up our LLCs. Cause I, I, mine are short. And cause we've like gone long already, but I do have a loved and canceled from this week. So I'm going to do my canceled first. Cause it's quick. And I think you're going to disagree with me. So I just want to like get it out quickly and move on. So, this week I'm canceling the term people of color or women, women of color or whatever we say. Like, and this is because, you know, I, I like to focus on language and how, we, how there is anti-blackness in language that we don't necessarily think is anti-black. Mm-hmm. And my issue with people of color is that it makes whiteness the default still. Like, the only reason I have to say people of color is because they're not white, and white is the assumption, and so we have to give them a label to say that they're not white. Mm. I just don't want to do that anymore. Like, unless I can start saying people of white, it's like, you know, we did this to, like, really speak to the people of white, yeah. to women of white, right? Lack
0: like of Lack of color?
1: But there, <laughs> whiteness only exists because blackness existed, and right. so I just, like... I just don't want to say it anymore. And most of the time, to TBH, I'm talking about black people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: People of color also to me gives a very false narrative that we are yeah. in the same boat. Yes. When we are not.
0: Yeah. Being Asian in America is very different from being
1: very black different. In America. And even being brown in America, where yeah. while like y'all have your shit for sure, I'm not taking away from that. There's a just the being black in in general, not even just in America, being black is such a different experience than being Hispanic, Latinx, right? Like all of those are different from each other. And like, while I understand the intended inclusion of people of color, Mm -hmm. I don't like the reason that we needed it. And I don't like what feels like the whitewashing of the reality of what we're saying. And so it's like, I think we can take the time to say, Black people, Hispanic, Latinx, Asian, whatever we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I'm canceling it. I don't want to use it anymore. Okay. I'm done
0: with it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not with you doing it. Yeah. I don't know if I would do it. Um, but it does give me a lot to think about. I do agree that it creates a false um, a false sense of uh, a parallel between minority.
1: Yes. And then my love is have you seen the video of Lizzo and Megan The Stallion? Of course I've. Oh,
0: seen it. I've my, watched it several times.
1: Listen, <laughs> like I, number one, I'm going to see Lizzo next month and I'm so excited. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. I, I, I bought the tickets forever uh-huh. ago. Who's um, with? My friend Mimi and Helen from work. and yeah, she'll
0: never, I just, see, I just put her in my top three and she'll never I me nowhere. What?
1: This we bought these tickets so long ago and they were also very expensive. So like I I don't I'm glad we bought them cuz I don't know if now I would. Mm. But um this video we'll put a link. It's just like when black women link up the world <laughs> smiles. So it's Lizzo on the front steps of her Malibu mansion that she rented for the month mm-hmm. with Megan the Stallion <laughs> twerking a couple steps below, mm-hmm. Lizzo, i.e., Sasha, is on the flute <laughs> playing Shake That Monkey, which is
0: a classic. And,
1: and then also, like, screaming the lyrics uh-huh. as Megan twerks. I love how she was like, hey! It just filled my heart with such joy. Yeah. And, like, it's funny because this is connected to my people of color thing because. Somebody like wrote in the comments, like, man, women of color are like untouchable. And it's like black women. I
0: saw that. I black saw that women. Well.
1: <laughs> black women. Black women. Y'all don't get a part of all of this. These are black. These are two black women. <laughs> get, c- cut it out. And that's the thing. I feel like black makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because even when we're talking about black women, we say people of color because I mm-hmm. think that we feel like it's a little more inclusive. I don't want to be inclusive with blackness. Mm-hmm. We're black. I'm proud of these two black women just out here having a hot girl summer. What did you love or cancel?
0: So I guess I'll start with my loved. And um, you know, this isn't super recent. Maybe a couple of days um, oh It will be a few more days All by the time this podcast comes out. But Eddie Glaude, who is a, um, an African-American history scholar, um, came out. Um, so he was on... He was on MSNBC and it was, um, they were asking him about um, the shooting in El Paso and about just some of the, the history of racism in America and how, you know, it's easy to blame it on Trump, uh, what's happened, but he, you know, talked about how a lot of the things that we're being confronted with today is because um, white people refuse to give up the notion of being white. Um, and to leave behind and, and, and white in the sense of like whiteness as in better than every other race. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, because as you say, there has to be a nigger. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I did love this video. (laughs) Um, and so it's about three minutes long. It was just super powerful and something that you just don't see on network, um, um, on main sh- on cable news anymore because, you know, it's just so like, let's get to the let's get to the good stuff, let's get to the to the quips and the and the digs and the whatever. But they just let him talk for like three minutes mm-hmm. straight. I won't like play the whole thing, but I do wanna play just a bit of it.
2: What we know is that the country has been playing politics for a long time on this hatred. We know this. So it's easy for us To place it all on Donald Trump's shoulders. It's easy for us to place Pittsburgh on his shoulders. It's easy for me to place Charlottesville on his shoulders. It's easy for us to place El Paso on his shoulders. This is us. And if we're going to get past this, we can't blame it on him. He's a manifestation of the ugliness that's in us. I've had the privilege of growing up in a tradition that didn't believe in the myths and the legends because we had to bear the brunt of them. Either we're going to change, Nicole, or we're going to do this again and again, and babies are going to have to grow up without mothers and fathers, uncles and aunts, friends, while we're trying to convince white folk to finally leave behind a history that will maybe, maybe, or embrace a history that might set them free from being white. Finally.
0: Yeah, so that... That just, like, stopped me in my tracks (laughs) when I first watched it. Um, And I just, I don't think you can, like, sum up, like, race relations in America today in a more succinct way. Yeah. Like, can you imagine a world where, like, white people give up, like, this fight to be white?
1: No. (laughs) But for for me, my only like worry because, and I I'm glad you played that part of the clip because I could hear the selective white hearing, only hearing we can't blame Trump,
0: mm.
1: right? Like there was like I feel like sometimes when I allow my mind to think like I think their minds think, I pull out how they come up with their truths mm. and. I
0: was like, see, it's okay, it's right? Not that bad. It's not, yeah. well, and
1: it's not Trump, and he's saying it's the hate that's in us, and they already think that all of the problems are the others and not them, right. and here's a black man saying Same us, right? Yeah. And so I just was like, Lord, like while it's awesome, <laughs> right, right. you know my my superpower. <laughs> yeah. I also saw how it could just be turned, but yeah. at the end of the day, like.
0: Yeah, I, that's why I was glad when he came back and called it a manifest, him a manifestation of Trump as mm-hmm. a manifestation of what's
1: right of to the, still connect yeah. him to what's happening. Yeah, yeah, so, that was um, good.
0: So yeah, that was one of my favorite things this week. Um, and then just a quick cancel. I'm tired of remakes.
1: Right, I am cats. I am so <laughs> cats, cats. But you know, we we they, personally know people that are gonna watch. They it. They look a mess. They do. That we were. We had. We were in a remake of
0: a movie. (laughs) Watching the remake trailer. Yeah, we went to see Lion King, which again was okay. Yeah, it was good, but I could have done with Timon and
1: Pumbaa stole the damn show.
0: Right, but was it necessary? Would you call it necessary? The remake? Yes. No. Okay, so because it was
1: also if it was actually live action like and i know you weren't going to get all these like lions out here but it was just like another animation it was yeah. just like more computer animation yeah. i'm like but we Which already had all, an animated and it one it was
0: also like not as powerful because because they're trying to be like realistic lions mm-hmm. they don't move their faces so there's like really right. like it, like really grave things happening at right. the moment and their faces just like still, still like, animals, yeah you know um so yeah, in that remake of a remake, right. like we saw um a preview for Charlie's Angels, which is a remake of a remake. You know, it's like there was the one with Farrah Fawcett, and then there was the one uh with Lucy Lou and them. Oh right. With independent women. And
1: Cameron Diaz.
0: Yeah. And then there's another one coming. Cameron, no. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> I can't say Speaking
1: that. of Cameron No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So wait. So the so just list a couple others. Child's play? Why do we like need Chucky?
1: That? Yes. But is it the doll still? Or yes. like uh oh. why do we need that? Why don't we ever go from live action to cartoon? Home alone? Let's do a child's play anime. Home alone. I mean there's already a lot of those.
0: Yeah. I mean, did
1: that, they get Macaulay back? No. Is he the dad?
0: No, but he did, <laughs> <laughs> but he did post a um a, a picture on Twitter of like what Home Alone would really be like if it was like real time. It was just like him with his belly out. Like <laughs>
1: I think I couch. saw that. He's such a weirdo. <laughs>
0: he is weird.
1: Um. um so yeah, yeah. And, just, and and well, coming to America, I guess, isn't it's a, a sequel. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a sequel to. Um, Are you to fine original.
1: with those? Uh, yes. Oh. Like build on build See, on. See, I think that's episode. unnecessary.
0: I don't. I think some sequels are much better than the first.
1: Like what? Except for Sister Act two. <laughs> that's a lot. You Sister can't Act say, two. You can't say
0: like what and then say except what. But yeah. that's
1: it. <laughs> and maybe Toy Story three was very good. Uh huh. Well, most of mine will probably
0: probably be comic book related, which I know you're gonna roll. Your oh yeah, so. no, I don't know anything. X Men two
1: was better than was
0: X-Men. better than X Men one avengers endgame well avengers infinity war like was a sequel uh, upon sequel upon sequel meanwhile according to yahoo (laughs) disney has set the record for the highest grossing year for which is why they keep doing it thanks to aladdin lion king avengers um so yeah we know why we keep why they keep doing it. exactly i just and we keep watching them we keep watching them but and a closing note, I also think that by creating like new properties, you also like allow for more of the inclusion that people are like clamoring for. You yeah. know, like maybe if you created more new projects, people would not be, would have, not to say that they should be upset about Hallie being Ariel, but
1: they wouldn't have the comparison. It would just be, yeah, it would just be, oh, a black girl. Yeah have it, right you know? yeah
0: so give us the next one and don't make her princess tiana and spend half the movie as a fraud okay oh, no we don't need that one back
1: all righty <laughs> we did it
0: how do you feel about the episode
1: good i'm excited to be back i'm excited to get guests back in um don't forget about our patreon i did want to say we have patrons who Like, even though we took a break from the summer, they didn't, like, take a break from donating.
0: Thank you, guys. Yeah,
1: so I just, like, love the little family that we're creating.
0: Appreciate that. Appreciate
1: you guys. Um
0: So that's in the show notes. Yes,
1: we'll do we'll put everything in the show notes again. And then also like this season, we want to hear from you more about what you want to hear and like the kind of guests you want on. Like we're pushing a lot for more women this season mm-hmm. and more like creatives and kind of like alternative professions. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, look out for that. We're excited. We have like, you know, some good shit planned. <laughs> That was a hard team <laughs> 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 All right, you got to come back for that shit. For that shit. <laughs> do, do, do. Wait, wait, I want Do shake that monkey? Hey.
2: Bye. Bye.